This is episode number 178 with Marie Folio. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? I just wanted to quickly remind you that if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Mine is Himalaya. For those of you that have not heard of Himalaya, it's an epic brand new podcast app, which has so many awesome and unique features no other podcast app has, like episode and channel playlists. It's free, so easy to find new shows, and is really user-friendly. So head on over to the app or Google Play Store to download it today. Don't forget to follow me once you're done so that you can listen to my episodes one day earlier than they're usually released. Pretty cool, huh? This episode is brought to you by B-School, which is an epic online business program created by my biz mentor, Marie Folio. Now, B-School is only open once a year, and that time is right now. Now, I first did B-School back in 2012, and it was the program that catapulted my business. It gave me all the tools I needed to launch my dream career. And for those of you that have never heard of Marie, she is a crazy successful entrepreneur, author, and the host of the award-winning show, Marie TV. And she has literally created the business and life of her dreams. And now she wants to help you do the same, just like she did with me. Now, Marie knows her stuff about how to create a thriving business and life. And even Oprah has called her a thought leader for the next generation. How cool is that? Without doubt, Marie is one of the reasons that I am where I am today with the business that I now have. It all started with her as my mentor many moons ago. So if you want your dream business, if you have an idea or if you have a few ideas, or even if you want to take your already existing business to the next level, check out B-School and my epic bonuses that you get when you sign up using my link. All you have to do is head to melissarambrosini.com forward slash B-School to check it out and get your hands on my epic bonuses, which are my business bootcamp program, my powerful Mastering Your Mean Girl Meditations, and a live webinar with Nick and I where we will be taking you behind the scenes on all the inner workings of my business. We will not be holding back and we'll answer all of your questions. So if you're ready to take your business to the next level, then head to melissaambrosini.com forward slash bschool to get all the details. Oprah named her a thought leader for the next generation, and she is one of Inc.'s 500 fastest growing companies. 
Marie Folio's mission is to help you become the person you are meant to be and use your gifts to change the world. She's the creator of the award-winning online show Marie TV and the founder of B-School. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, hang on a minute. This isn't a Monday Motivation episode. And although it's not a traditional Monday Motivation episode, this episode is so damn motivating that I just had to share it with you. Basically, last week, I jumped on a live webinar with my business mentor, Marie Folio, and it was so good that I just had to share it with you here. So here it is, friends. I've known Marie since 2011, and I am so stoked to be sharing this with you today. Because in this episode, we chat about the truth about building a passion-driven multi-million dollar empire from scratch and how being a total newbie can actually be a huge advantage to you, why it's okay to be a multi-passionate person with lots of ideas and how to use that to your advantage, the common limiting beliefs that stop people from taking action, plus how to instantly reframe your mindset to get unstuck, how Marie used to struggle with money and wealth and how she overcame her money-making blocks, why being yourself is the key to real connection and why the world needs you to share your unique gifts. You will also learn about B-School, the most epic and life-changing online business program created by Marie. And B-School is only open once a year and that time is right now. Plus, You will also get to hear about my epic, unbeatable B-School bonuses that you get when you join B-School this year, plus so much more. And for everything that Marie and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes, and that is over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 178. But before we dive into this epic Monday motivation, I want to read the review of the week. And this week, it comes from Ina Timms, and it's a five-star review, and it's titled, Love It, Bringing So Much Value. And she says, been loving listening to these podcasts, bringing so much value and knowledge every time to my life. Melissa is a wealth of knowledge on her own, and then on top, giving us access to all these wonderful guests. I always learn something new and get to add something new to my little toolbox. I also love how Melissa sets it up so it's things we can really easily apply straight away. So thank you for sharing all of this with us. You are so welcome. And I absolutely love it. And I totally agree. How epic are the guests? I love them so much. And especially this one today. So without further ado, let's bring on... The epic, the super inspiring for the second time on this show, Marie Folio. Thank you so much for jumping on. I'm so excited to be chatting with you and sharing how do we turn our passions into profits. 
And I just want to start a little bit by telling everybody who is brand new about my B-School journey. So I actually first discovered Marie, this beautiful lady that you are all seeing right here, back in 2011. And I embarked on her business program, B-School, in 2012. And it changed my life. Like, there's not many things that you can actually hand on heart say, this changed the course of my life. And having you as my business mentor, honestly, changed the course of my life and has been such a big reason, you know, why I've been able to create what it is that I have created and the podcast and the books and the programs and have the impact that I've been able to have. And this is why I love you and I'm so excited to be sharing you and your program and your knowledge with my beautiful community. Because, you know, Nick and I were talking about this before we got on and and he said, what's your wish? And I said, my wish is that every single person wakes up every morning doing something they love that means something to them and that has impact on the world. That is my wish. And every single human being is worthy of that. If that is your truth, everyone is worthy of that. No one's more special or anything like that. We all can do what it is that lights us up. But one of the things that I hear a lot is, you know, I don't have what it takes to build an empire. I don't have what it takes. So can you take us back and tell us a little bit about your story? Because it's very easy for people to look at you and go, oh, she's an overnight success, but like an overnight success 20 years in the making, you know? So can you tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey and your story and how you got to where you are today and creating this incredible business empire that you have and impacting hundreds of thousands of people for the better around the world. Yeah, absolutely. And and thank you so much for that beautiful intro. You know, it has been a very long journey. When I graduated school, I didn't quite know where my place would be in the world. And my first job out of college was on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. So on Wall Street, in the midst of all of that kind of chaos and people yelling and screaming. And I've always been a person who has a lot of energy. So I was like, well, this sounds like it could be fun. You literally don't sit down all day. There's no seats, really. And for a while, it was great. And, you know, I've always had big ambitions, Melissa. So I was excited because, quite frankly, you know, in that environment, there was a huge opportunity for financial gain. You know, the hours are are somewhat limited in terms of the floor. You know, you get there around eight or nine, the bell rings, and then you're out by 4 p.m. But as the months went on, I started to hear this little voice inside of me that said, This isn't what you're supposed to do. This isn't it. And I was like, well, wait, you know, I don't come from a lot of money. I'm the first person in my family to graduate from college. So there's not a lot of high education. And my parents busted their buns to even get me a college education. And here I was with a stable job, arguably a dream job on Wall Street, health insurance, a steady paycheck. And all I kept hearing was this voice that was telling me, this isn't what you're supposed to do. You should quit. And I'm like, this is nuts. I don't have a backup plan. I don't have anyone that's going to take care of me. I need to take care of myself. And so this kept going on months and months. And I started to try and pay more attention. You know, the guys that I worked with, it was about 99.9% men. They had 
what appeared to be success on the surface. So some of them made tens of millions of dollars a year, but they all pined for these two weeks of vacation, right? Those two weeks once a year, and they would talk about that. And I just found it depressing. So time went on. And one day I found myself on the floor of the exchange and I started to have what I now realized was a little bit of a panic attack. Going to work every day was starting to make me physically sick. And this particular day, I was dizzy. I started to feel nauseous. I was like not seeing straight. And I told my boss, I said, Hey, I need to go run out and grab a quick coffee. Is that okay? He's like, yeah, go for it. Well, I didn't go to get a coffee. I made a beer, a beeline to the nearest church. It was actually Trinity church, which is very, very close to the exchange. And I sat down on the steps and I started to cry because I felt so broken. I was like, what is happening? I've babysat since I was young. I'm a very hard worker. I want to work, but I, I'm getting sick coming to this job every day. So the next thing I thought of to do was to call my dad because he had worked so hard to put me through school. And I figured because I, I felt really guilty about this idea of wanting to quit, even though I didn't have another job. And I thought he might have some advice. So I called my dad and I'm like sobbing and doing the ugly cry. And in between when I was taking a breath, my dad broke in and he said, Bree, you need to calm down. He's like, you're fine. He goes, look, you're going to be working for the next 40 to 50 years of your life. You have to find something you love. If you don't, nothing is going to work. It doesn't matter how much money you could possibly make. None of this is going to make sense. You'll never be happy. He said, so even though you don't know what you want to do right now, if you need to quit this job, quit and go figure it out. And that was really a turning point for me, Melissa, because something in my body shifted. Even though I didn't know intellectually how to find something I would love, I could feel there was truth in his statement. And so I went back in and within like a week or two, I gave my notice and I set out on an odyssey to figure out what I was supposed to do with the world, in the world, who I was supposed to be. And the only clues I had came from childhood. I was always very, very creative. At one point, I thought I wanted to be an animator for Disney or a fashion designer or do something in fine art. And I also was obsessed with business and small business and marketing. My dad was a small business owner. So I had some experience in that realm of just seeing how he did things as a young child, but I didn't know how to make these two worlds mesh. The idea that came to my mind was maybe magazine publishing. There's the editorial side, right? Very creative. You're always kind of coming up with layouts and all the things to talk about. And then there's the business side, the ad sales side of commerce and making money and selling things. And I thought, well, maybe that's a good blend. So I hustled and I got myself a position in the ad sales department at Gourmet Magazine, a food magazine underneath the big publishing house of Condé Nast. So that big storied publishing mecca. So I was excited. I was like, okay, this is a new world. This is working with now a blend of men and women. So the gender balance was a little bit more there. It was a totally new environment, something very different. And then about three to four months into that job, those same voices started coming back. This isn't what you're supposed to do, Marie. This isn't you. And I'm like, wait, what's happening? Like, this is just feeling awful. And I felt so broken. My boss was really nice. I was doing good work. I was learning new things, but I couldn't deny that inside something in me felt like it was dying. Then I took a step back and I tried to be more objective about it. I said, okay, let me look at this from a new lens. I don't want to become my boss, an ad executive, and I can't envision myself wanting to become the publisher of a magazine. So if I don't want to climb this corporate ladder, why am I going to continue wasting their time and mine? So when I stepped back, I thought, well, maybe I've just been leaning a little bit too much 
towards the business side of things. These past couple of gigs, everything's about money, sales, all those things. Maybe I need to kind of embrace my creativity more. So I went to the HR department, hustled and got myself a job as a fashion assistant in the editorial department of a women's magazine called Mademoiselle. Okay, I'm thinking this has got to be it. I'm getting to go to fashion shows. I'm getting to meet all of these new designers and seeing their new lines. I'm getting to help with layouts. I'm doing all of these highly creative things. And honestly, for the first few months, it was wonderful. I was like, this is great. Awesome. I'm really loving this. And then of course, what happened? Novelty wore off. The voices came back. Melissa, at this point, I was like, there's something wrong with me cognitively. My friends who I graduated college with, they were all getting promotions. Some of them were getting married. They were building adult lives. And here I was several years into the game. And all I wanted to do was quit my job once again. I felt so much shame, so much embarrassment. I just couldn't figure out what was wrong because it's not like I was lazy. It's not like I didn't want to work. I was trying desperately to find somewhere to contribute, but I couldn't deny the truth and wisdom in my body that everything I was trying wasn't working out. One day I was on the internet at work, probably when I shouldn't have been, and I stumbled upon this article about a new profession at the time called coaching. Now, let me set this in context. This is in the late 90s, like 1999. This is way before coaching and coaches had become mainstream. No one had really heard about it yet. When I read this article, Melissa, something in me lit up like a Christmas tree. It was as though the clouds parted and little angel cherubs came out and they were shooting like sunbeams into my eyes. And it was like, ah, like that's how I felt. Now, the logical part of my mind was like, you're 23 years old. Who the hell is going to hire a 23-year-old life coach? You haven't even lived life yet. You are deep in debt. You keep quitting your job. You're a hot mess. You have nothing to offer. Who do you think you are? All that stuff happening. But in my soul and in my heart, something felt righter than anything ever had in my life before. Something told me this, you have to pursue this. So that night I went home and I signed up for a three-year coaching program. All of it was done virtually. So it was all by teleconference at that time. There was no video webcams or anything like this in the 90s. And I kept working at Mademoiselle during the day. Fast forward about six months, I get a call from the HR department. They had a promotion for me. They wanted to send me to Vogue. It was more money. It was more prestige. It was, of course, a stable paycheck, healthcare, all that stuff. So that was my proverbial fork in the road. Do I stay on this conventional path, work for the top fashion magazine in the world, or do I quit and do this weird life coaching thing that sounds ridiculous that I have no idea how to do? I have no idea how to run a business, but it feels like the rightest thing I've ever come across in my life. So of course, I quit my job. And I decided to start my own life coaching business at 23. Very quickly, I started bartending and waiting tables. That's how, and I did it for like seven days a week. Like I worked constantly at night and on the weekends so that during the day I could build a business. And I was horrible at it at first, <laughs> like most of us are. But that was my journey into starting a business. And 20 years later, I'm still going. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And as you were talking, I can absolutely relate to that feeling. You know, I was the same as you. I tried so many different things and every time 
it was quite physical for me. So every time I would start a job, I'd get really sick, like end up in hospital sick. And that was like the universe saying to me, Melissa, this isn't right for you, sweetie. And so I ignored a lot of those warning signs. I was in and out of hospital until it was such a huge slap in the face from the universe for me to kind of look and go, okay, I'm not on the right path. What is it that I'm meant to be doing? So I know a lot of people listening can relate to this. And maybe maybe they don't have big health things that keep being the warning sign like it was for me. Or maybe it was similar to you where it's like this niggling feeling. It's just like, this isn't right. This isn't what I'm meant to do in the world. And one of the things that you taught me back in 2011 was that it's okay to be multi-passionate. So up until that moment, I had thought to myself, okay, I have to find my one thing. I have to find my one thing. Is it in the health industry? Okay. So I, the first thing I did was I went and studied health coaching. And that was the first thing I did because I needed to get my own health sorted. And I wanted to then help other people get their health sorted. So that was the first thing I did. So I was very focused on, okay, I've got to be a health coach and that's it. And I can't do anything else. But I was so interested in marketing and life coaching and meditation and yoga and energy and vibrations and all of this other stuff and entrepreneurship. And one thing that you taught me and you said to us was that it's okay to be multi-passionate. And I absolutely love that because like I said, I wanted to focus on health and personal development and entrepreneurship. And I thought that I just had to hone in on this one thing. So for someone watching who may be at the beginning of their journey and thinks, okay, I have 15 things that I love and that I want to do, where can they start? What is your advice for them? Yeah. So there's many of us who are multi-passionate, right? We're just kind of still operating in a very archaic and quite frankly, masculine model of just single focusedness in terms of our careers. Like you can pick one thing and you must be good at that and stick with it for life and then everything else, just ignore it. So when it comes to being multi-passionate, I like to talk to people about it in stages because it really does depend on your life stage. It really does depend on your goals and what you want to achieve. So what does that look like? So for me, once I started life coaching and then I realized that even just life coaching in and of itself was too narrow for me, that there were other things I wanted to pursue, which included hip hop and dance and fitness and marketing and writing and speaking and technology and all of these different things, which again, made me feel like I was so scattered and like I, there's something wrong with me cognitively. At that time in my life, I didn't have a ton of outside responsibilities, right? So I'm in my early 20s. I didn't have mortgages, family, children, you know, pets, different things that kind of come along or can come along as we progress in life. So for me, when I decided to kind of step back and step away from trying to fit myself into a conventional box, which was single focused, and give myself permission to explore things, I did it consciously, Melissa. I understood that by taking 100% of my focus away from life coaching and honestly, bartending and waiting tables to keep the lights on, that I would likely slow down my progress. I would likely make less money. But that was an okay sacrifice because I wanted to explore dance. I wanted to explore all of these different things. So I was 
consciously making the choice to go slower and to earn less to gain the benefit of variety. For some folks who, let's say, are at a stage in their world where that's not possible for them, right? Maybe what they can do is give themselves permission to focus on one aspect of their business and then explore some other passions, but not try and monetize them. They don't necessarily have to try and bake them into their business right now. And rather than trying your main business and five other passions, let's choose one strategically to explore in addition. And exploring may look like taking a class, giving yourself two or three times a week to really embody whatever that passion is. If it looks like reading or it looks like doing or it looks like learning and ingesting, whatever it is. Because I find that no matter what stage of life we're at, no matter what our responsibilities are, there's always a way to find and fit in your different passions. I think it's really, really an important distinction that as a multi-passionate entrepreneur, you do not have to monetize all of them. So for me, there's a point in my career where one of my main revenue streams was earning money through dance and fitness and teaching. I was a Nike athlete. I had a contract with them. That was a portion of my revenue stream. And I reached a certain point in the journey where I said, you know what? I'm going to let go of that as a revenue stream. Dance is still a passion for me. On Instagram, it was like just a week ago, we had like super fun dance videos up. So it's still a part of my life, but I'm not looking to earn money from that aspect, if that makes sense. So as a multi-passionate entrepreneur, we have to really step back and say, oh, how do I want to express this? What's appropriate for my life and business at this stage? Sometimes it's just about expressing the passion within your larger context, and that's all you need to do. For some people, they may be like, oh, I can monetize all of this. So there's not one way to do it. It's just about self-awareness and giving yourself room to experiment to find that right mix for you. Yeah, I absolutely love that. That's, That's really helpful. But what about for someone who is at the very beginning stages and they have no idea where to even start. Yeah. What about those people? Okay. So there's a mantra I live my life by. It's called clarity comes from engagement, not thought. So if someone's like, oh, I don't know where to start. Well, let's put two or three things down on paper, right? And let's start engaging with them. You know, if we're looking at it through a business lens, I do want to say this, and I want to talk about this in the context of B-School because I know how painful this is. I know how much it can tear us up inside. I know how much that confusion can feel so debilitating and we can feel so stuck. So there's an aspect of B-School that's called Start the Right Business. And I specifically wrote an entire curriculum for multi-passionate people at that particular stage who are like, oh, I have seven ideas. How do I know which one to pursue? So we can't really get into all the steps on this webinar because we have a lot more things to talk about, but there's a very specific system that I walk people through to help them vet their own ideas, to evaluate them from several different lenses so that they can discover for themselves which one has the highest chance of success in the way that they define success and which one they can feel, go like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to evaluate idea A, idea B, idea C, idea D. Look through the business lens, the market viability lens. What kind of work is it going to require? What are the strengths and skills you're going to need to develop so that they can move forward with clarity based on their own criteria? Does that make sense? 
Oh, totally, totally. And I think that's really important. It's about, you know, sitting down because I've actually had a couple of conversations with some people leading up to this webinar, knowing that we were going to do this. And they say to me, Mel, like, I just don't know where to start. And I've said to them, okay, put some things down on paper. And then that is the first place to start and then go, okay, cool. Look at that one and look at that one. Because it's very easy for people to look at you and, and even myself and think they don't have any fear. They don't have what I call the inner mean girl that says you're not good enough or who do you think you are or you can't do this or no one's going to buy the product or, or join the program. So, so yes. what are some of the common fears that you hear and, yeah. and also what were yours? Like when you were first starting out, because it's honestly people, when I express some of the fears that I had when I first started my business, people were like, oh, you had those? Yeah, of course I had those. I had all of those fears rise up within me, but I wasn't willing to let them stop me because that burning desire within myself was so loud that I wasn't let, I, and I was so unwell that it wasn't, I wasn't willing to let that hold me back anymore. And so I'd love to hear what are some of the fears that you've had come up with your business and what are the, some of the common ones that you hear? Because how many people have gone through B-School now? Is it 40,000? Over 44,000 folks at this stage. So this is our 10th year doing the program. Over 44,000 grads from 139 different countries and over 564 different industries. So I've seen a lot and we've road tested the principles and we've, you know, kind of kicked all the tires many, many times. And so the system actually works. The principles are timeless. But to answer your question, so for me, so many of the fears and so much insecurity in terms of who do I think I am? You know, my life isn't perfect. I'm in debt. You know, especially when I first started, it's like I couldn't even hold down a job because I didn't want to. I kept wanting to quit. I didn't have any value to offer anyone else. Who do I think I was even attempting to share advice or to share wisdom or to share anything? Like there was so much shame and so much insecurity and so much fear around that that I really can resonate with people who find themselves in in that position. And I've seen it over the years, even through, you know, Marie TV and, and all of our viewers and our audience. I want to set some context. Up to 70% of us experience what's known as imposter syndrome, which feeds into what we're talking about. This idea that we're not good enough, that we don't have value to offer. And even when we start and take these little steps that someone's going to find out that we really don't know what the hell we're doing and that we're a total fake and fraud. Up to 70%, like that's a huge, huge number. We did a show about this not so long ago. Folks like Jennifer Lopez, Jodie Foster, Maya Angelou, incredible icons in their industry, incredible creatives have revealed even after that they've gotten famous for what they do. Like Jodie Foster was talking about how when she received an Oscar, she really felt like they were gonna come take it back and say, oh, no, 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 that was a mistake. That wasn't for you. That was for Meryl Streep. Jennifer Lopez, she had you know so many different albums. And I think she had sold over like 70 million al albums or something like that. And she said, I keep having this feeling like I'm no good at what I do. Maya Angelou, she had written over 10 books already. And she said the thought in her head was that, oh no, 
someone's going to catch it now. They're going to find out that I've run a game on everyone and I don't know what I'm doing. And so if we can see that and understand that, not just from folks like you, but some folks that many of us admire so greatly that this is so common, then I think it allows us a little more space and grace to say, oh, this isn't personal. This is universal. Everyone has this. Therefore, I can move through it. So I hope that answers a bit of that question. And just to also give people a little bit of peace of heart to know that they're not alone if they're feeling that way. There's nothing wrong. They're not broken. They're not a fraud. It is a universal experience. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're not alone in this one. You don't have the monopoly on that one. (laughs) Another thing that I hear a lot is, oh, there's enough coaches or there's enough graphic designers or there's there's already so many marketing gurus or health coaches. So can you give your perspective on that? Absolutely. So there's a couple of things I want to remind all of us of. First of all, there's over 7 billion people on the planet. Once folks get into this idea of running their own business or starting their own thing or kind of claiming their own space, one of the first things that happens is you start to notice everyone else who's doing that. And then you get that comparative impulse that says, oh, there's no more room for me. That is just a complete factual lie. I always like to say, if you think about it in terms of, so for me, I love Italian food, right? And in New York City, which is where I'm at right now, there are literally hundreds, if not thousands of Italian restaurants on a very small island. I have one in particular down the street, a place called Pepe Rosso that has the best eggplant parmesan. It's just so good. And I always think to myself, like, could I imagine if the guys that run Pepe Rosso ever said to themselves, like, you know what? It's New York City. There's already too much Italian food. Like who needs another eggplant Parmesan place? Like, no, you would want it. Think about your favorite Chinese restaurant, your favorite salad bar, whatever. Just because there's other people doing it doesn't mean that your voice is not needed. One of the things we talk about on the show is the world needs that special gift that only you have. You, my friend, with your perspective, your story, all of the gifts that you bring to the table that you will infuse in everything that you do, that is necessary. And if you don't express it, if you don't do everything you can in this lifetime to share those gifts, the world will have lost something truly irreplaceable. And that's you. I also like to tell this story, Melissa. I think your, your viewers will resonate with it. So when Josh and I, my man, first got together, we've been together for 16 years now, I was in this stage of just like, oh my God, running so fast to try and build everything. You know, I was shortly out of college. My business was in its baby stages. I'm bartending, I'm waiting tables, I'm teaching fitness, I'm doing all these things. And he would try and he'd say, you know, Marie, you're running so hard, so fast why don't you like, let's get a juicer. Let's start juicing. Why don't you take these vitamins and these supplements? And at that time, oh my God, Melissa, I was so arrogant. I was like, whatever hippie man, like I can't do that. Like give me the mac and cheese. I was eating a whole lot of food out of cans. You know, I grew up on kind of processed food. So I was like, whatever, ignored him. Cut to a few years later, I became really dear friends with a woman named Chris Carr. who's like incredible health you know, and wellness guru. And she introduced me to green juicing, right? And so she started giving me these supplements. So one day I come home and I tell Josh, I'm like, hey, Josh, you know, we should really get a juicer. And like all of these great <laughs> supplements, my friend Chris really says we should take. And he literally, Melissa was like, I've been telling you about this for years. Like, why couldn't you hear it from me? And that's the point for all of us, no matter how much a message is out there, no matter how common knowledge we think something is, sometimes it takes that one person to deliver a message in their unique way at a particular time 
in order for it to get through. And you are that person for somebody and not likely one person, but hundreds, if not hundreds of thousands or millions of people. They are waiting to hear it from you. They can't hear it from someone else because of whatever reason. They need it in your unique voice. So anytime people say like, oh, there's just too many X, Ys, and Zs already, I'm like, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, that's just an excuse that you're using to hold yourself back. It is wholly untrue. And if people look in their own lives, they have proof for that. There's always times when you're like, oh, wow, I heard that idea before, but it wasn't until X said it, or I read it in this book, or I heard it on this program that it really sunk in and made that difference. Oh my gosh, I totally agree. And something that I love about you that you taught me very early on, because this is, I think, yeah, my fifth or sixth year doing B-School. And the reason why I keep coming back, so for everybody listening, B-School is only open once a year. And I first did it and now I continue to do it because not only does Marie, you know, update the information, but I learn something new every time. And I'm a student for life. I don't ever want to stop growing and learning and evolving. And so that's why I keep coming back. But one thing that I remember very distinctly is you said to me when we're talking about, oh, it's all been done before, you were really focusing on, you know, everyone shining their uniqueness and sharing that with the world. And your your voice will resonate with whoever it's meant to resonate with. But yeah, I just, I felt for me, that was such a loud voice that was like, you, it's all been done before and it doesn't matter and no one's going to listen. But that really hit home for me. Just, you know, my voice is going to resonate with those people. And one of your best marketing strategies, which I love, which you taught me was how important it is to be your unique self online. And because we can't copy other people. And we, you know, I've had people completely replicate my website and my work, and I'm, I'm sure you have too. And we really do. One of your best marketing strategies is being yourself online. And, and it's not about being salesy and sleazy and slimy. It's just about being your true self. And when I really stepped into that and really let go of the fear of worrying what I looked like or, you know, is this perfect or is this, do I sound okay? Or do, does, you know, what are they going to think? When I actually dropped that and let go of that and fully stepped into, this is me, like, this is who I am and I'm going to be unapologetic about it. That is really when my business just went skyrocketed. Have you seen that a lot? Yeah, because people can feel your heart and people can, they can feel and sense what's true. And I think one of the great advantages that we have, especially with so much media out these days, especially the fact that people are checking you out, whether it's on social media or your website or wherever they get to encounter your materials. I think now more than ever, people's intuition is attuned to realness, to something that's genuine and truthful. And when you're operating from your heart, that really does resonate. You know, one of the things I like to share with folks is the more you care about what other people think, the more they own you. So when you're thinking about what will they say, what are they going to think about me if I present this version of myself or I say what's true for my heart, you're really giving away your power. You're giving away ownership, your agency to people that you don't even know. And quite frankly, that don't even give a shit. 
so many times in our own mind, these things, right? It's a wonderful tool, but it's a terrible master. We have all of these ideas about what others are thinking of us, and they're really not. Most people are so self-consumed. They are absorbed with what they have to get done for the day, how they're going to put food on the table for their kids, what other people are thinking of them, that they don't really have that much time to think about you. (laughs) And if they do, quite frankly, here's what I've noticed. Again, being online for almost 20 years, I've dealt with a lot of criticism. I've dealt with a lot of different things over the years. The folks who are mean or who, you know, kind of spread hate or harsh criticism, first of all, they're in a lot of pain. Because no one who is in their life in a place of love or in a place of kind of ambition and wanting to create something has time or energy to tear anyone else down. So understanding that can give us a little bit of a broader perspective too. I've never, ever, ever, ever in my life received a harsh piece of criticism from someone who's creating work that I admire. I've never received anything hate-filled or harsh from someone who's got a body of work out there that I'm like, oh my God, I love and appreciate that. It's always from folks who are sitting on the sidelines who are, again, in a lot of pain, in a lot of misery that aren't spending their time in wise ways. So that kind of can help put things in perspective for people and really give them permission to express their unique gifts and to know that everyone's not going to like you. That's just nature. That's natural. I tell people, you know, folks are judging you right now. Folks that actually really love you. You know, my family, my friends, we humans are judgment machines. So don't be afraid of that. Just embrace that fact and then put your attention on who you are meant to serve. There are billions of us out there, which means there's a very large crew of people who will want your products and services, who will want to learn from you, who will appreciate your quirks and all of your eccentricities and everything that you bring to the table. Yeah, absolutely. And what about for people who are starting out who it's like their family or their partner or their husband. And, you know, those people are thinking, how am I going to convince my husband or my partner or my friends that I want to invest my money into doing B-School? You know, because I am very, very grateful that my parents have always, you know, supported me and said, do whatever you want. But I know that that's not the case for a lot of people. So what can we say and how can we move through that? Yeah. So there's a couple of things about B-School specifically. We actually have a get your partner on board guide. So whether it is about talking with your boss, talking with your significant other, talking with your parents, anyone who has to have buy-in for a decision like this, we have an entire guide that goes through some top questions to just give folks some language to give them some ideas and how to frame a conversation where they can really express their heart's desire in a way that honors the legitimate questions or concerns of someone important in their life. So that's a tool that we have, unless I'm sure you can direct people to find it, we can give that to you. But on a broader sense, it is so vital, whether you join B-School or you find an opportunity somewhere else, you need to put yourself in a supportive community. I cannot stress the importance of this enough, especially when you don't have folks in real life, your partner, your friends, your colleagues in any sense, that really either honor, understand, or respect this new thing that you want to do. If, you, if you're finding a lot of resistance or pushback or you just don't feel comfortable sharing with them, please, for the love of all things holy, 
get yourself in an environment where you can be around other people that are like-minded, who are going through the same types of battles and hurdles that can support you, that can cheer you on. You know, Melissa, you know this because you've been in the community for so long. Kindness and respect are two of my highest values. So our community is extremely supportive. You know, I think one of the challenges of the world that we're in right now is there's so much divisiveness and there's so much conflict online. We don't have that in B-School. We have a very safe environment where people can share their emotions. They can share what's challenging for them and people will come rally around and be supportive to listen, to have compassion, to understand, and then to redirect the energy into a productive next step. So we actually have a zero negativity tolerance policy, no hate allowed. We can debate ideas. You know, if there's a notion like, oh, I think this might work or that might work, that's fine. We can have those intellectual conversations all day long, but we have a very strict no tolerance policy when it comes to anything around being like negative or having when people are in a rough spot that just doesn't fly with me because it doesn't create a safe learning environment. So if folks are looking for that kind of place to be where they're going to be lifted up and supported and moved forward, I can think of no better place than B-School. Oh, I totally agree. That's one of the best things about B-School. I mean, there's so many great things, but the tribe, because I, I met my best friends in B-School and they're still, you know, my besties. And we met- six years ago and it was just awesome and it's life-changing the community the support and like you said it is so important that we have that that we have that support especially when we're embarking on something that's really important to us you know and we feel so vulnerable right we feel so vulnerable we're so scared we're overwhelmed we don't know what the hell is going on and we feel like no one understands us but that's not true when you get yourself again in the right community in the right environment people will understand you they'll be willing to listen and they'll be willing to really say hey i've been there too and here's some things to consider and here's some ideas to move forward yeah exactly what is the cost of ignoring and not following our truth and our heart and our soul? What's, what's the price that we pay? Well, you know, we talked about this actually today on Marie TV. There is an incredible B-schooler actually, Bronnie Ware, who wrote the book, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. And according to her research as a palliative nurse, the number one regret of folks who are passing over to the next big adventure, they say this, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life that others had expected of me. And so we have that quote on Instagram and there was a woman who commented on the post just like a matter of hours ago who says that she works with the elderly community. That's what her role is in her job. And she says, they say this all the time, all the time. So in terms of the cost it really is your life. Again, whether we're talking about business right now or any aspect of your world where something in you knows you're not being true to yourself, something in you is like, gosh, this isn't right, but I'm afraid to make a change. It's like now is the time, whether that's in terms of your relationship, whether that's in terms of your health, in terms of your career, it's you have an internal guidance system and it's doing everything in its power to wake you up, to give you direction so that you can get on the path that you're meant to get on, but you have to have that courage to listen. Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like there's always a price to pay when we ignore our intuition. The universe will give us these little whispers and then they'll turn into slaps across the face and then it will be 
a semi-trailer wake-up call and we don't want it to get to that place. So we want to we want to listen to those whispers from the universe to get us on our path or to get us back on our path whenever we've kind of swayed off or we're not on our true path. And I know that is definitely how it's been for me. But I'm curious to know as well for yourself, how important has it been for you to, over your journey, I'm sure we spoke about before, you know, the inner mean girl of, stuff that we've had that you've probably had come up during your journey and even around money and abundance and business like how have you personally upgraded your beliefs and upgraded your yeah belief systems so that you continue to grow with your business and evolve and keep calling in more abundance on all areas so for me when i was starting to get traction in the business and I really became acutely aware of how much scarcity I had in my body and in my mind, especially around money, that there were so many kind of conflicting beliefs because I would open my checkbook month after month and be afraid that there, because there wasn't enough to cover what I needed to cover. But there was a deeper part of me, Melissa, that believed on like a universal level that there was enough to go around. I'm like, I know this in my soul, but on a practical day-to-day level, it was not my reality, right? Not enough money in the accounts. It was like, what's happening here? And I realized that I wasn't living in accordance with my deepest truth. So what does that mean? That means that let's say I'd walk down the street in New York City and there was someone asking for money. And my first impulse was to reach in my pocket and offer some. And then my mind would take over and go, wait, you don't have enough in your check account for yourself. You can't give it away. And so there was this conflict, right? This back and forth of me not behaving in a way that was in alignment with my deepest truth because I was listening to the voice in my head that was all about scarcity. Does that make sense? My big switch came when I decided and made a very like clear line in the sand that from this moment forward, I was going to behave in accordance with my deepest truth, which was that there was more than enough to go around. And I enacted that during one of my first kind of group coaching programs. I made a promise and I declared it to the people I was working with and also just to myself and to the world. I said, you know, if people sign up for this coaching program again, this is like probably maybe 15 years ago, I'm going to give 10% of the profits away. Now that was terrifying to me at the time, because again, when I looked in my checkbook, it legitimately was not there. It was not there. There was not not enough for the rent. It was like scrambling to make everything work. So this was a big thing for me to say this, but I felt like it's the only way that I was ever going to upgrade those limiting beliefs was to actually change my behavior. So I made that declaration. I was scared shitless. I wound up promoting that program. And when everything was said and done, there was actually about $7,000. That was the portion of things that I was going to give away. Melissa, that was like more money than I had ever even imagined like having in my bank account, nonetheless, just giving it away. It was one of the most profound experiences of my life to be able to take that bit of money. And at the time, um, I partnered with a, a UN initiative called Girl Up, which was all about empowering the millions of 
girls around the world who are denied an education based on gender, based on poverty, based on the you know ovarian lottery, like where they were born had no choice and they don't get to have an education just because they were born in a part of the world that doesn't value that for girls. So it was such a turning point for me. And from that moment on, I recognized the power of aligning my behavior with what I know to be my deepest truth. Even if this thing is scared, even if this thing is talking blah, 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 I'm like, mm, not listening to that. I'm listening to this. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that was a huge turning point. And then ever since, honestly, I just really do believe in my heart of hearts that there is enough to go around of money, of creativity, of love. And so whenever we're kind of embarking on new things, I just reroute in that place and make decisions from there. Mm, beautiful. And it's so beautiful to be able to give back like that, isn't it? Yeah, because I mean, let's face it, we live in a world right now that has tremendous economic inequality. I mean, the things that exist in our world, it's heartbreaking and we're all a piece of the world. So we have to take responsibility for fixing it in our own way, in some way, I believe. Again, this is my own personal opinion. And I am very acutely aware that, uh, as Warren Buffett actually says, like I've won the ovarian lottery. I happen to be born in the United States. I happen to be born to parents who were able to feed me. And even though we didn't have a lot of money, comparatively speaking, can't even compare it to what some folks are dealing with where they don't even have access to clean water on a daily basis. They don't even have access to sanitation. There's no access to education. So given that for me, that's my perspective, then it is my responsibility to use whatever I can, my creativity, my platform, financial resources, whatever resources that I have at my disposal to support our world becoming a more just and humane place. Mm, beautiful. Beautiful. I love that about you so much. You're just such a big hearted entrepreneur and you are so authentic. Actually, one of my besties that I met through B-School, she came for a sleepover last weekend. Her name's Rachel. You know, Rach McDonald. And she, her and I were watching one of your dance videos that you'd posted just of you dancing in the street. And then the caption said something like, this is how I feel about blah, blah, blah. And we were just losing it because it's, you're just so you and I love it. You're so unapologetic. You are very much just authentic and you never apologize for who you are. And I love that about you and you're very big hearted and just want to make the world a better place. You really feel that. And so I'm so grateful to have you in my life as my business mentor. And I'm so excited for B-School. The doors are open now, which is very exciting. And they're open until March 1st. So everybody, you have now from now until March 1st to enroll in B-School and have your life and your business changed forever. Not only is your business going to improve, your, you know, your life is going to change, you're going to be inheriting the most epic community of people. It's, it's so life transformational on every single level. And I'm going to share a little bit more about that in a second. But is there anything else that you want to share, Marie, about B-School or anything else that you want to say? Yeah, just that 
I want to encourage folks to trust their heart, right? Uh, There's two things really on that note. I believe that everyone, regardless if you want to be a business owner or you just want to thrive in your career, that everyone needs to start thinking and behaving like an entrepreneur if you want to thrive now and in the future. What that means is you start operating like an owner. You take responsibility for not only what's in front of you, but for other people as well. So that's stepping up and being a leader. Understanding how to create outstanding customer experiences, no matter what type of business you're in, that's crucial. Understanding how to market and sell with heart and integrity, again, whether that's writing emails, that's writing pitches, that's inter-company communication, that's external communication through blog posts or emails or social posts. These are skills that will serve you for life, no matter how our culture or the work landscape changes over the next 10 to 15 years, I guarantee you that these skills are what people need. And whether you learn it from us or you learn it from somewhere else, just please promise yourself that you will learn it because it will serve you. I think the second thing I want to remind folks of is when it comes to B-School, two things. One, it comes with a money-back guarantee. I've been doing this for 10 years in terms of B-School. I've been in business for 20 years. I would not still be here if our business model was about taking from people rather than giving. I want people to feel safe because I remember how scary it was to invest in myself and to declare that I am worth this. Like It's beyond school and I'm ready to invest in my dreams and to build something. So there's enough fear around that already. We want to create an environment where as long as you're willing to do the work, as long as you're willing to actually show up and put in the work, if you feel after going through the first few weeks that it's not for you, turn in your homework will give you 100% of your money back. I don't want anyone in the program who feels like we're not the right fit. So that's one, you're safe with us. And number two is you get to be a B-schooler for life. You know, you can come back and do the program every year. You don't have to pay anymore. We're constantly looking for ways to upgrade it, to make tweaks, to make sure that the program itself on every level is as high quality and, and impactful as it can be. Because you know, business doesn't just happen in eight weeks. It is a journey of a lifetime. And we want to support you on that journey for the life of however long you want to do what you want to do. So it's unlike almost anything else out there. Quite frankly, I haven't seen anyone that's created something like what we do. So if you feel in your heart that it's right for you, come join us. It could, like Melissa shared, it could change the trajectory of your life. It will change the trajectory of your life. And for everybody listening, it's an eight-week, eight-module program. You can go at your own pace, which is great. You have lifetime access to the program. So it's like you buy once and then you can do it every year for the rest of your life as long as Marie is doing it, which is you know why I keep showing up. And the private Facebook groups are just so supportive. Not only that, it's delivered really beautifully. So like I said before, it's open now until March 1st. All you guys have to do is head to melissaambrosini.com forward slash bschool. And you can get all the information and get everything that you need there. I'm also offering some products and bonuses to help support you even more on this journey, on your B-School journey, because I know what it's like. It is it's scary for some people. You know, there's some people that are just so ready and they're like, I'm doing this and I'm going for it. And then there's other people that parting with that amount of money can feel really scary or taking that leap can feel really scary. So I want to support you for having the courage to do that. And so I have created this unbeatable 
B-School bonus package to help support you guys even more on your journey. I've offered my business bootcamp program that is a perfect complement to B-School. I've also offered my Mastering Your Mean Girl meditation albums, which I created with a sound engineer in India that has binaural beats and solfeggio frequencies. And this is for the mean girl part when you embark on your B-School journey, because I guarantee the inner mean girl is going to come up. And so we need to learn how to master her and, and the art of meditation. I know Marie is a big fan of meditation. Meditation is something that has changed my life and really helped with anxiety and panic attacks for me. And I think when you're embarking on launching your dream business or taking your business to the next level, we really do need to have that foundation there. And then the third thing that I am offering you guys when you head to melissaambrosini.com forward slash bschool is a live webinar with Nick, who's my beautiful husband and the CEO of my business. We're doing a live webinar where we're going to show you the inner workings of my business. We're going to take you into the back end of my business and share everything, all of our tips, our tricks, and everything that we have used to create the beautiful, thriving seven-figure business that I have now. And so you get all of that and so much more when you head to melissarambrosini.com forward slash b-school. So you have to use that link so that you get my epic unbeatable b-school bonuses. But I just wanted to say again, thank you so much, Marie, for sharing your wisdom, for being so honest about your process and what you've been through and what you have, what it's taken for you to get to where you are. There's no such thing as an overnight success. It just just doesn't, it doesn't exist. And I really want to highlight that because you said it before, as long as you do the work and as long as you, I call it taking inspired action. If you show up and you master that mean girl inside your head and you take inspired action every single day, then you're doing your best. Then you are going to create what it is that you want. But when we sit in fear and we let that inner critic in the driver's seat of our life, that's when we feel stagnant. That's when we, you know, don't grow and evolve. So as long as we're taking inspired action, and maybe this is the thing for you. And I want to encourage every single person listening that if you've been thinking about this, do you know how many people in this past week have said to me, this is the thing that I've been waiting for. This is the thing. And and like I said at the start of this call, hand on heart, this was one of the things that transformed and changed my life. I love this program so much. I love you so much. I think you're such a beautiful human being and I'm so grateful. So thank you so much again for the work that you do in the world, for creating B-School, for supporting me on my journey all these years. I'm super grateful. Oh, Melissa, I love you. You're wonderful. Please pass along my love to Nick as well. And for everyone watching, thank you for being here with us for this hour. We really appreciate it. And hopefully you got some value and some inspiration. And if you feel it in your heart, come join us. It's going to be just phenomenal. It is epic. And there's lots of dance, dance-offs and parties and things. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there is. That's one thing we are not, we are never short on is the dancing and the partying. It keeps the energy up. It keeps you in flow. It keeps your creativity just on point. Good. 
Yeah. Well, thank you again so much. Head to melissaambrosini.com forward slash B school. And I'll see you guys on the inside. Thank you so much, Marie. I love you lots. Love you. Bye, guys. Bye. Ciao. Wasn't that epic? So inspiring. I am bursting with excitement and inspiration, and I hope you are too. And I just wanted to reiterate, if you want to join B-School for this year, remember it's only open once a year. If you want to join this year, and if you want to get my epic bonuses, just head to melissarambrosini.com forward slash B-School. And then you email me your receipt and you email that to hello at melissarambrosini.com and we will get you your bonuses right away. And don't forget that if you loved today's episode to please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And don't forget to come on over and join the private MA Tribe Facebook group where we come together and share insights from these episodes. Plus, tell me who else you want me to have on the show. It's also a very sacred space where we can come together to discuss all things Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide, along with anything else that you feel called to contribute to the open and honest conversation. You will also get some extra love and support personally from me that I won't be offering anywhere else. And one thing that I get asked a lot, actually not a lot, all the time is where can I find my tribe or where can I find like-minded people? This is it. This is where you find them. So head to melissarambrosini.com forward slash tribe to join now. We cannot wait to have you in our private Facebook group. And for everything that Marie and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that is over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 178. And you can also listen to all my other episodes there too. And another thing I wanted to mention is that if you haven't got my latest book, Open Wide, A Radically Real Guide to Deep Love, Rocking Relationships, and Soulful Sex, all you have to do is head to melissarambrosini.com forward slash open wide to get your copy now. And whilst you're there, you will get access to my free Open Wide video masterclass that Nick and I created just for you. And if you want to be the review of the week for next week, head on over to iTunes and leave me your five-star review now. And before I go, thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best and shiniest version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please be an angel and share it with them right now. Take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears because B-School is only here for a few more days. It is only open for a few more days and I don't want you to miss out. You'll have to wait a whole year to join next year. So make sure you share this with whoever you think it will inspire and who needs it. And until next time, my darling, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.